Welcome to the Short Funk Podcast, I'm Tom Barbelay, and today, a story. I hope when I started these Short Funk recordings that I would be able to inject more of the stories from my life. Many of these stories I'd already told in Sonape, and I felt kind of guilty ever retelling stories, because it just seems like so many listeners to this also listen to Stonape. But then, some stories which I've told here, folks who haven't discovered Stonape, haven't heard, or people that just listen to the more recent catalogue of Stonate haven't heard. But this is a genuinely new story. When I was in my mid to late teens, I used to DJ. I loved DJ. I would DJ for anyone, for any purpose, any excuse to get me in front of a crowd, moving them with my DJ techniques, was something that I was very receptive to. In high school, I had a group of friends that I would record music with. And I, although I, I did a good amount of the rapping where needed, my main role was associated with DJing and production. Through this period, a number of things happened with my friendship group. For a start, my complete obsession associated with DJing and the rap form, yeah, most of my friends really didn't have that interest as deeply as I did. And the friends who had a stronger interest associated with this One of them in particular really heavily went off the rails. He disappeared for six months just through the period that I wanted to do some recording. In fact, there was a tape that was recorded with him, which was literally the last day that I saw him for six months. And with his disappearance and subsequent re-emergence, the likelihood of doing any meaningful recording with this individual dropped off. My high school friends who I had done some recording with, we put some stuff together, but... They weren't continued, interested folk. They weren't people who were spending a vast quantity of their time putting things together. And really, this was just an incidental thing that they occasionally did with me when they were in my presence. When I was in high school, in fact, it was the last two years of high school, which in Canberra, Australia, is called college, not to be confused with university, I met a fellow called Rama. I met him through my stepmother, actually, his parents, I think maybe his mother, potentially his father, were doing a graduate degree in anthropology, which is what my stepmother did. She still does it to this day. And she encouraged me to spend time with Rama. Rama was obsessed with rap music, as I was. And he had some experience actually doing some good emceeing work. He was a pretty well-known rapper in the community. But his particular interest was associated with the Pentecostal church. He'd been picked up by a Pentecostal group. They rapped mainly. They were a bunch of instrumental folk that kind of came in as well, bass players, what have you. And this provided a venue for me, which I had never had previously with these smaller groups. In in university, I did DJ in a nightclub, but... With Rama's group, which was called CIA, which stood for Christ in Authority, I had an ability to perform to new audiences and in particular to tour up to Sydney from Canberra with them. And it was an amazing experience because, firstly, I'd never been in an environment where I was a sexualized entity. And even though this was like a Christian Pentecostal rap group, the tours in Sydney were amazing. I mean, it was an amazing experience to go down and dance in the crowd with, you know, 16-year-old, 17-year-old girls, 
And immediately, just because I liked dancing and I liked the music and I was just there, I became an entity which I never would have been in Canberra. I became, you know, someone who was interesting and worthy of female attention. It was very, very curious. I tried to encourage some of, you know, the the female folk I knew in Canberra to attend some of these events, and they didn't really do it when it turned up. But there was one incident that focused a lot of my energy that was kind of going on through that period that basically ended in one regard, but was soon to pick up when I went to university. And at these concerts, you'd have a wide variety of people that would attend, a wide variety of different age groups, because people were just interested. You'd hear this music playing, and it would just encourage people to come to these events. And one of these events held in a school in Canberra drew a large audience, and somewhere in the intermission, I can't recall how it all came together, one of the band members noticed that a gentleman was taking a child out of the hall. And he signalled to me, because I guess I was six foot four and relatively intimidating, to come with him. We went outside, and the fellow was basically dragging the kid into his truck. He was a long-haul trucker. And when we got outside, we only saw where he'd been. There was kind of a two, three-minute interval between me being grabbed and kind of taken outside to see what was going on. And when we got to the guy's cab, it wasn't clear whether he was about to drive away or what was going on, but it was clear the child in his cab wasn't his child. So we pulled the kid out, the fellow, the the band member, pulled the kid out, and proceeded to dress down this man to tell him this wasn't right. And the guy was trying to say, look, I was just showing the kid my truck. And the other guy said, no, this isn't right. And I was there just observing all this really kind of like the muscle. This was the bass player is kind of smaller guy. And I realized that we'd actually done something very good in that circumstance. We'd probably saved this child from disappearing. And at the time, it hit me as just a surreal set of events. But I realized through other aspects of my life that predatory pedophiles are really a phenomenon. And if you are part of these performances or what have you, You've got such a wide dissection of people coming in. The ability for these people to operate is very real. And my ability in this context to offer protection for this little guy who was far smaller than the truck driver to pull out this kid from the cab and kind of, you know, resolve all these things. And as we were walking back, we were both kind of stunned that what had occurred had actually occurred. Of course, the kid didn't really know anything gone on, just seen the inside of the truck and then was running back into the concert. But it was an interesting vignette, an interesting life experience that I occasionally find myself remembering. I don't have a sense of my time in Australia associated with doing anything good, like really good. Like a lot of it was just about survival. But that one experience stuck with me in such a way that whenever I reflect about Australia, about my time in Australia and, you know, how failed the whole system seemed and my position there was never really a thing. I reflect on the circumstance and realise that if I did one good thing, getting that kid out of the truck, that concert, was it. Tom Barbelay in San Jose, signing out.